you be mad if I took a drink of water? <laughs> Sorry. Real quick. <laughs> you know what? How about that just be the opener? Somebody has to explain I don't know what happened in Cassie's brain just then. Before we started recording, Danny said, take your drinks, take your last sips. And we did it. And then she clicked play. Cassie turned and said, how mad would you be if I took a drink right now? Danny said, fine. And then Cassie spit her water off why did you do that? <laughs> She's choking. <laughs> Why did you do that? I Cassie. Took- <laughs> Why did you spit your water on Danny? I'm sorry. Okay. I took a drink. <clears throat> I know. I also inhaled a little bit but then also the look on Danny's face was just so incredulous and it made me laugh and then (laughs) water flew out and I was trying to also breathe you literally spit in her face I did it just went everywhere oh and it was a big mouthful too it was a lot of water I just couldn't breathe, and I was just trying. I was laughing and breathing and drinking at the same time. Just the whole. You got a full body. <laughs> I did. I did. The position Danny's in right now is like reclined diagonally from me, just right in the splash zone. Huh. Are you proud? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not proud. I think it's pretty funny though. Now I don't have to tell a story. <laughs> Danny's pissed. <laughs> I'm wet. You're wet. Oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Cassie's still trying to get her breath after briefly choking. I'm fine. That's good. Yeah. Danny's still wet. She- <laughs> what are you going to do? This is that broad's got moxie. <laughs> I'm Kiana. I know how to drink water. Shut up. <laughs> Cassie's over there. She can't drink water. I can't. Clearly. I'm not drinking anymore for a while. <laughs> I, got a, I got a whole lung full of it. Thank you. Now you have pneumonia. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> pneumonia is fluid in your lungs. It is. That's not great. I coughed up most of it. One of, speaking mm-hmm. of pneumonia. Okay. <laughs> one of my co-workers' uh-huh. sons has pneumonia. Pretty mm-hmm. bad, unfortunately. But one of the, like, shining, lighthearted moments of this, his really bad pneumonia, uh-huh. is they put on a vibrating vest yeah, and shake you uh-huh. so that your lungs break up all of the fluid that's in there so you can cough it out. Uh-huh. But he was apparently in it for, like, 20 minutes or something <laughs> and was like, hi, mom. <laughs> I didn't, but like, what a, 
<laughs> like somebody really smart thought of that. Yeah, they They're sure like, did. You know what'll cure pneumonia? Vibrating. Right? And then... You can't shake a person, but you can put them in a vest and make them... <laughs> a whole bunch. I've had to wear one of those ones. Not really. Mm-hmm. I've luckily never had pneumonia. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, not good stuff. <laughs> good look. We're here. It's episode 56, right? Yep. 56. Mm-hmm. Now you... that water has been spat, mm-hmm. we've talked about vibrating children. <laughs> Cassie will now go first. I will go first. <clears throat> every other time. You go first. She goes first. It. What? I, that it works either I, way. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why you were confused. <laughs> They're both correct. Uh, just depends on the day. <laughs> All right. I'm going first this week. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's still February, everyone. Mm-hmm. One so, more day of it. One, Yeah, one more day. Well, I mean, more than one day of February, but no, February but this is, is our... a day longer than... Because yes. I'm trying to say it's a leap, leap year. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> wow. It only took us, but we got there. I feel like this is going to be a really oh, rough episode. To oh, through. boy. All right. Well, here we go. So, today, I am talking about Wangari Matai. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it. I'll just jump right into it. But first, let me tell you my sources. <laughs> but first, let me spoil it. But first, let me spoil it. <laughs> With these Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God. Season two, episode one, coming at you. Terribly. <laughs> Why are you still here? But also, please don't leave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. I used Wikipedia. Thegreenbeltmovement.com. Nobelprize.org. And a memoir called Unbowed by Wangari Matai. All right, here we go. Wangari Muta Matai was born on April 1st, 1940, in the Nairi district in the central highlands of Kenya. She is a member of the Kikuyu, which is the most populous, like, ethnic group Mm -hmm. and tribe in Kenya. When she was young, her family moved to the Rift Valley, where her father worked on a white-owned farm. And so her experiences as a young child living on a farm close to people who were working the land remained a strong motivation for her promoting conservation. Spoiler alert, that's what she does. She's an ecologist and environmentalist. Hmm. So during her childhood... I'm laughing because you're like, I'm not going to spoil it. I know. And, and then, then like I... five sentences, you're like, okay, here Spoiler it is. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> this is what she does. You really didn't hold back there. Ah, gosh. <laughs> Nobody tell Cassie your secrets. No, tell me all of the secrets. <laughs> They're my favorite thing. To also, tell I'm... other people. No, I'm a great secret keeper. <laughs> Shut your mouth. This is libel. No. No. That's in print, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is... Slander. Slander. Thank you. She's slandering me. (laughs) Sounds dirty, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So when when Wangari was a child, there's this thing called the Mau Mau Uprising. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
which was an uprising that happened to gain Kenyan independence from British rule. So this is all happening when she's in her primary school ages. So at 11 years old, Wangari was sent to a Catholic boarding school where she was protected from all the violence that was associated with that. Mm -hmm. In 1960, she was awarded a scholarship to study in the United States. So she graduated from high school, gets a scholarship, scholarship, and over the next decade, Wangari earned a degree in biological sciences from Mount St. Scholastica College, which is, it's in Kansas. Oh. It's now Benedictine College. And that was in 1964. And then she earned a master's degree in biology from the University of Pittsburgh. That was in 1966. She studied for her doctorate in Germany at the University of Munich before obtaining her Ph.D. in veterinary anatomy from the University of Nairobi. And this is where she became the first East African woman to receive a doctorate degree. Hmm. Yeah, which I thought was fucking crazy. Also, this is the 60s. I feel like that should have happened by now. You know what I mean? Especially in... Kenya? Kenya, yeah. Where it's if, been ruled by British. But I'm saying, you think where black people are yeah. from, <laughs> you, they would have a lot think. of PhDs there. Yeah. Is it, was she the first black woman? Yes. She was the first East African woman. Oh, so yeah, maybe sorry. that's, depending on how you slice it, mm-hmm. because Africa's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a whole continent. It is a whole continent. <laughs> but that's what we got. First East African woman to okay. receive a doctorate degree. Okay. Okay. I'm, in my mind, maybe it has more to do... It Not a lot of people having it has more to do with the fact that she's a woman and not because she was East African. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I understand it's not what surprising you that she's East African and got a PhD at that time. Mm-hmm. The first one. Mm-hmm. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'll okay. stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wangari was also the first woman to hold senior positions at the University of Nairobi. So she she was made the chair of the Department of Veterinary Anatomy, and she was also an associate professor. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time a woman had ever held any kind of senior position. So using these positions of influence, she began campaigning for equal benefits for the female staff, many of which were successful. In the mid-70s, Wangari became concerned about the impact of environmental degradation of the economy and society in Kenya. Deforestation throughout the region was causing landslides and made the land much more vulnerable to drought. Poor harvests and lack of rainwater, strained relationships between tribes, and intensified conflict as people were forced to fight for meager resources. Mm-hmm. She felt that by protecting the environment, it would prevent many of these like other problems. Which she, fucking she, makes sense. She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you turn the earth to shit, so too does everything else. <laughs> if de- deforestation is causing the issues, maybe, maybe just stop. Maybe just forest. Yeah, exactly. 
so she got married in like 1969. I didn't I didn't put a ton of that information. Mm-hmm. She got married. She had some children. I think she has three. Yes, three children. And so in 1974, her husband, who turned out to be a real dick. Um, oh, I'm so surprised. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he became a member of parliament. And so in her effort to like, you know, help him on his journey she wanted to help find new jobs for people because the employment number was rising mm-hmm. excuse me unemployment, unemployment <laughs> number is rising <clears throat> as at this time that wangari made her first attempt to create a foundation for planting trees a lack of money initially limited its like success but her efforts were rewarded when she was granted a trip to the 1976 UN Conference on Human Settlements. So she went, spent a whole bunch of time in different countries, in these different settlements, talking about conservation and how to protect the land, etc. Mm-hmm. On June 5th, 1977, which, is World in- which was World Environment Day, the National Council for Women in Kenya marched in a procession from Kenyatta International Conference Center in downtown Nairobi to Kamenkuji Park on the outskirts of the city. And along the way, they planted seven trees in honor of historical community leaders. Hmm. This was the first, quote, green belt. Which, and before that, it was known as the Save the Land Harambi, which is... <clears throat> I'm going to tell you because I thought this was interesting. <laughs> Harambi in Swahili mm-hmm. means to all pull together. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's a tradition of like community events, like fundraising, you know, educational things, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was called the Save the Land Harambi turned in, you know, later was referred to as the Green Belt. Wangari encouraged the women of Kenya to plant nurseries throughout the country. Like tree nurseries. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, to they were encouraged to search nearby forests for seeds to gather mm-hmm. and grow trees that were already native to the area. Yeah. Which sounds like a fun time to me. <laughs> foraging sounds like so much fun. Right? I really want to go like mushroom hunting. Let's do it. Next time mushroom season comes around, we're going mushroom hunting. Okay, but we need a professional because we can also die <laughs> <laughs> from mushroom hunting as much as I like the or idea. Or have a really good time, <laughs> you know? Cassie, you can die. I know. <laughs> Not all of them <laughs> are psychedelics. Pish posh. This became known. Pish posh. I welcome death. <laughs> I fear nothing. That's not true if you're everything. I'm afraid of cats. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, so this whole thing became known as the Green Belt Movement. Mm-hmm. And it has become a prominent environmental organization supporting conservation and tree planting across all of Africa. All right, here we go. The late 70s and 80s were a tough time for Wangari. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, no. like I said, marriage not great. She divorced her husband in 1979 because she was, quote, too strong-minded for a woman. And he was, quote, unable to control her. Well, that sounds like a win for her. (laughs) Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Why is that a hard time? Drop him. Ugh. Dead weight. Yes. <laughs> really, truly. He claimed that she was the reason for his high blood pressure, and the judge ruled in his favor. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. In all fairness, Danny could probably use that as her excuse. If she had high blood pressure, it would be because of me. <laughs> I think that's just so... It's the thought of it's so silly. Like, bringing in doctor's records to yeah. a judge. Uh-huh. Be like, look at how high my blood pressure is. Back when I was younger and healthier when we first got married, it was low. Now that I'm just older and maybe not taking care of myself, eating what I want, uh-huh. it's high. Yeah. It's, it's her, her fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly her. And the judge is like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds... Yeah. That's what the proof is. So, get this. Shortly after this all went down... Um, she basically said that the judge was full of shit (laughs) (laughs) and then was held in contempt of court and was said she had to serve six months in jail for calling a judge a dick. Uh But her lawyer like worked up this like real, real peach of a (laughs) airtight case. Yeah. Your honor. (laughs) The evidence reflects that he was a dick. (laughs) And you are in fact full of it. Case dismissed. <laughs> the, the other judge is like, yeah. Hey, yeah. that guy. So she ended up serving like three days. Still. Still. Anything. It's such bullshit. All right. So after that, all this drama happens. Shortly after that, Wingari ran for the position of chairperson for mm-hmm. the NCWK, which is the National Council of Women in Kenya. Okay. Okay. These are the people who did the whole green belt thing. Mm-hmm. first okay but during this time the kenyan government was not great and the president of kenya wanted to limit the influence of the kikuyu people mm-hmm. because well he's a shitty guy yeah she lost the vote yeah which is weird so she ran again and after running a second time and losing she did somehow weirdly get this overwhelming vote to be vice chairperson. Okay. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so then, because uh, I'm witty, <laughs> <laughs> they may not have the electoral college to blame, but it sounds like the popular vote doesn't mean anything over there either. <laughs> popular vote doesn't mean anything anywhere. <laughs> it's true. It's, I mean, it's because people in power want to stay in power and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll ad- adjust the results as needed. As needed. <laughs> and, you know, we're all okay with it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something. That's eh, not important. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll say it just because I okay. started. <laughs> so the reason why a lot of African countries have in tribal infighting within their countries uh-huh. is because in, I forget what year, the Treaty of Berlin was created. Okay. And it was essentially a bunch of European men uh-huh. who sat down with a map of Africa and with a ruler and pen. Oh, yeah. Cord- yep. Sectioned off areas that were there, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of lines in on the continent of Africa mm-hmm. are real straight. Oh, okay. Literally a ruler. Uh huh. And they didn't take into account any of the tribal, just like, like ancestral, mm-hmm. like, here locations like cultures and mm-hmm. like there are cult there are tribes that traditionally were not for one another and now they have to identify as under this mm-hmm. 
whole Kenyan that they didn't even have a, a say in mm-hmm. creating. So that's why that happens all the time. Thank you. I thought just a historical no, context. I like it. Thank you. All right. So despite all this drama with this judge and her ex-husband, she's like, all right, moving on, moving up. Mm-hmm. When Gari poured her efforts into the Greenbelt movement, along with a new partnership with the Norwegian Forestry Society, the movement had also received seed money, quote mm-hmm. unquote, which I thought is kind of a funny pun <laughs> because it's about seeds. <laughs> how's, um, that, how's that a I'm, pun? Because it's not, I mean, it's kind it's of a just pun. Saying what it is. Because <laughs> seed money is like a term. Is it? Yes. What does it mean? In in, in business, it's, seed money is like money that someone gives you to start a project. Oh, you mean or like a small to fund? Loan of a yeah, kind dollars? of. So seed money. So it's seed money in this. But it's like, seed money. But it's okay, seed I money. It. See? Oh, for uh, thank you. Sake. <laughs> Twenty minutes later. Listen, I'm not a business professional. I don't even like capitalism. <laughs> Okay, so they get this seed money, quote unquote, cha. I get it now. Um, Very good. From the United Nations Voluntary Fund for Women. These funds allowed for the expansion of the movement, for hiring additional employees to oversee operations, and to, to pay women, you know, these women across the country who were planting seeds to, to help <laughs> grow. Look. <laughs> Yeah, the way you said that, you were just really pointedly like, seeds. <laughs> I was like, I know. I'm well, listening. Well, I'm just trying, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, just saying. Okay. All right. Seed money for seeds. Yes. There. That's the pun. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I am moving on. All right. The UN held the third global women's conference in Nairobi. So during this conference, Wangari arranged seminars and presentations to explain the Green Belt movement and also took a bunch of delegates to see nurseries and to actually have them plant trees themselves. Which I was like, what a fun hands-on activity. (laughs) Um, The conference helped to expand funding for the Green Belt movement and led to 15 other African countries, like, jumping on board and saying, oh, yeah, we want to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Here we go. But surprise, surprise, the government demanded that the Green Belt Movement, which had up till now been kind of, like, partnered with the National Council for Women, mm-hmm. they were like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to separate them because... This one can only worry about women's issues. This one is strictly worried about the environment. Because God forbid you care about more than one thing at one time. Also, interesting, women live on this planet. Yeah. And And, uh, in order to continue living on this planet, the environment must be taken care of. Yeah. So how is it not a women's issue and just an issue overall for everybody? It's a good question. care about the environment. We should ask the Kenyan president that. Yeah. But we shouldn't because he killed a lot of people. Not to mention, <laughs> as we stated earlier, we're not afraid of death. <laughs> I'll go up to him. He's not alive anymore. I'll. Oh, good. Yeah. But I'll I'll go up to his grave and be like, look at my doctor notes. My blood pressure has gone up after I learned about you. You. I want a divorce. 
you from everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the government comes in, says, no, 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 these two things can't work side by side. They have to be separate. But also, they invoked a colonial era law prohibiting groups of more than nine people from meeting together without a government license. So, he is just like, you have to be separate, but also, only eight. <laughs> get some shit accomplished with only eight people, or get yourself a license. Sorry about it. Yeah, it's gross. Why would any Nobody... Everybody knows. Colonial era... Was not good, <laughs> nor fair. Sure nor wasn't anything. No, you can't be like. Remember back in the day, bad times. Mm-hmm. Let's invoke this law. Yeah, nine people meeting up, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. So also, the, yes, nine is such a weird number. Why not round it up to ten? That's a good question. I don't know. That makes me mad too. Probably mad. you know why? <laughs> because if you have nine. It's an odd number, so you can vote on things. But if you only have eight people, oh. it's, it can end in a tie. But when you have nine people, it can't end in a tie. So you make it less effective. Yeah. So, but then you have to go down to seven. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's diabolical. It is. <laughs> in the most petty fucking way. That's diabolical. Yeah, because I... Can you have part-time members? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> Let's move past. So anyway, so the Green Belt Movement is separate officially now from the Women's Council. So they were like, fuck this guy. We're going to start registering voters. Mm-hmm. They're pro-democracy. They're like, let's do this. Let's get people voting so we can get this fucker out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. In October of 1989... Wangari learned of a plan to construct this huge 60-story tower for the Kenya Times Media Trust Complex, is what it was called, in a park. So they were literally going to take out out the park and put up a parking lot. It was Um, just going to be a parking lot? No, it was going to be a huge, enormous structure. Half parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) It was... Yes, that's what they did. Oh. Thank you. That's what I was going for. I missed it by just a, a skosh. I wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song. Anyway, Danny said the counting, for anybody who's listening, Danny said they paved paradise and put up a parking lot, which is a Counting Crows song called. I don't know. We don't know, but it's a Counting Crows song. Kiana was like, what? I think the only Counting Crows song I know is that one that's in Shrek. <laughs> fair that's you know what i accept that anyway okay so this complex was intended to house the headquarters of the kenyan times newspaper a big huge trading center offices an auditorium shopping mall and parking space for two thousand cars so it's going to be fucking huge oh that's so big big yellow taxi is the the name of the counting crows song that we are referring to. Don't say we. Danny <laughs> is referring to. Oh my gosh. All right. Where are we at? This is a fucking huge building that they're going to put in. Yeah. 2,000 parking spaces, which is too many cars. It's way too many cars. 
It's too much. It's just too much of everything. So (laughs) Wangari was like, no, (laughs) I don't think we're going to do that. So she starts sending all of these protests and inquiries and letters to the government, which don't like her anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the government refused to respond to to all of these things. Instead, responding through the media, not to her, that she was, quote, a crazy woman. (laughs) They called the Greenbelt Movement a bogus organization and called its members, quote, a bunch of divorcees. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, good name for a band. A a bunch of divorcees. I know. We do. Um, So many band names. Um, Also, what a crock of shit. What a crock of shit. It's just... (laughs) It just gets more crock of shittier. (laughs) I don't know. know. It gets worse. It gets worse. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. The government also suggested that if she was so comfortable writing to Europeans, because that's what she was doing, uh, they suggested she go live in Europe. (laughs) I couldn't, I can't even deal. So despite protests, ground was broken at Uhuru Park. And during a speech that was celebrating independence from Britain and blah, 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 they're having this grand old time. Mm -hmm. President Moi. No, I think it's President Moi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. President Moy, <laughs> it's spelled Moi like yeah. French, but it's Moy. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Moy suggested Wangari be a proper woman in the African tradition and respect men and be quiet. Oh. He says this in a speech. Your Honor, my blood pressure has gone up. <laughs> I need him divorced <laughs> from, from everything, everything. Mm-hmm. once again. Yep. So shortly after this speech to the world, Mm -hmm. presumably, Wangari was forced by the government to vacate her office, like kicked her out of her office space. Mm -hmm. And so she had to move everything into her home. Mm -hmm. The government then audited the Greenbelt movement in an attempt to shut it down. That Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. They were like, well, that appears your affairs are in order. God damn it. And then they like kicked and stomped their feet. Despite all of this, Wangari won. And the four investors who were going to build this monstrosity of a building backed out of the project, leaving it dead in the water. They don't call her one, one, Gari for nothing. What? (laughs) What just happened? Because she won. Oh. Oh, my God. You're stretching now. We're stretching. In January of 1922, it came to the attention of Wangari and other pro-democracy activists that a list of people had been targeted for assassination. Oh, that's casual. Uh Uh-huh. And that a government-sponsored coup was afoot. Mm, You know? Yeah. So her name was on the list, Obvi. They do not like her. And this pro-democracy group that she was in called the Forum for the Rest of restoration of democracy presented its information to the media Mm -hmm. fucking told the newspapers about it and they were like we need to have an election right now yeah get this shit taken care of so later that day wangari received a warning that one of the other people on the list had been arrested and so she barricaded herself inside her home that's so scary yeah it's fucking terrifying she was in there for three days she was, like, 
under siege from the police for three days. Yeah. They finally busted into her home. In fact, they cut through the bars that she had installed on her windows. And they came in and arrested her. That's so terrifying. It's I can't even imagine. Like, the government hates you. Mm-hmm. There's a kill list. There's a kill list. And now there are police knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. And then trying to knock down your door. Yeah. And then cutting through fucking metal bars on your windows. Right. And you can't... Who are you going to tell? Yeah. Because you're in a country where, I mean... The government yeah. has, in, in every country, has control of all violence, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And they're allowed to get away with said violence yeah. without any checks or balances. And you're on their kill list and they're literally doing all they can to get to you. Yeah. I can't Terrifying. even imagine. It's so Like, scary. where do you go? Yeah. You, you don't go anywhere. You can't. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so... She's arrested. She's charged with spreading malicious rumors, sedition, and treason. Luckily, she only spent a day and a half in jail. And then they were brought to a hearing and released on bail. And then the the rest of the world heard about this. And a whole bunch of international organizations put pressure on the Kenyan government to basically, like, fucking prove it. Or you need to let these people go or we're or you're going to fuck up relations between your country and all these others who are pissed off. Yeah. Sanctions. 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 Yes. So they dropped the charges because everyone knows that they were bullshit. Yeah. Throughout the years, Wangari clashed with the government a lot, Mm -hmm. to say the least, mostly because they were up to a lot of shady shit. So one time she was accused of inciting ethnic clashes and was then forced into hiding. And she basically, she was invited to go to this big conference in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'd love to, but the government won't let me leave. So then fucking Gorbachev (laughs) contacts Kenya and is like, you need to let her go. Mm Mm-hmm. Casual. Casual. So then she got to leave the country because the government, the Kenyan government then turned around and was like, we'd never put a stop on her. We'd never did anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Did they let her back in? They did let her back okay. in. Yes. That was yeah. another, I'm, that's <clears throat> another fear of after you leave a place. Yeah. After that, you leave your home that <clears throat> you're not going to be allowed back. Exactly. No, but they did. One time she, okay. She's protesting because the government is planning to take these big huge swaths of public land mm-hmm. and privatize them. Mm. So, they Capital. sent off they they sold off this big forested area, a huge forest. Mm-hmm. And a part of it was destined to become a golf course, which I we need a lot more of those apparently. But so her and a bunch of other protesters Went into this forest, planted trees, and then they were attacked by a bunch of men that were, quote, guarding the forest. From what? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, again, she's fucking arrested for, again, planting a tree in a forest. Mm -hmm. And, like, this was filmed. 
Like somebody in her group filmed it, put it out in the world, stirred shit up. Mm -hmm. And again, she was released. Mm -hmm. Can I, I'm going to go off a little bit here. When we talk about very recently um, the fires in the Amazon and the fires in Australia Mm -hmm. and they are, they come off as like, oh, this these are natural forest fires that are happening. <laughs> this is what is happening it's in ab- those places. It's a hundred percent what's happening. It's not just like yes, there are natural fires that occur, but mm-hmm. they are exacerbated by governments selling off land for profit mm-hmm. and developing areas that should not be developed for the sake of we're killing the planet yeah (laughs) yep we're killing the planet and we're killing ourselves by killing the planet and these big states and powerful people don't care yeah they don't care who it affects because in their brains their wealth is going to protect them Mm -hmm. from said consequences but this is what's happening everywhere and it's causing literal destruction of everything yeah exactly that's why the amazon is on fire Mm -hmm. that's why the bush in australia is on fire because Mm -hmm. people are going oh yeah burn it yeah plant whatever you want there build buildings Mm -hmm. my i i'm rich so that means that i don't know i'll survive when the world ends (laughs) because there's nothing left like what and you're stripping the earth of its natural resources to protect itself from said disasters Mm -hmm. it's and this is this is how we fight that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you join the green belt movement and you fuck shit up and yeah. you don't relent and it's yeah, I'm just mad. <laughs> it's understandable. It's really frustrating that I'm talking about something that happened in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, a little a little skosh into the 2000s and 20 years later we're having the same Mm -hmm. conversation because the same shit is happening even though we have seen how things played out yeah 20 40 years ago Mm -hmm. and it's only getting worse yeah as time goes on because we're take there's there's a finite amount (laughs) of resources exactly (laughs) because the polar ice caps are getting smaller by the minute okay all right where was I? Okay. So all over the years, like mm-hmm. just continually protest, plant a tree, get arrested, no charges, <laughs> get released over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So then in the early 2000s, she went to Yale University School of Forestry and Environmental Studies. And she was like a fellow mm-hmm. professor. And she remained there until June of 2020. And she was teaching a course. Excuse me, 2002. (laughs) I said 2020. (laughs) Jesus, I can't read. Okay, I just believed you. I really did. So confused because I was like, she's currently there, and her contract's up in the future. Is that what you're saying? No. She remained there until June 2002. Okay. And while she was there, she taught a course on sustainable development, focused on the work of the Green Belt Movement. Upon her return to Kenya, Wangari campaigned for parliament in the 2002 elections with the National Rainbow Coalition, was the party that she ran for. And on December 27th, the Rainbow Coalition defeated the ruling party that had been in power for, oh, like 30 years? Mm -hmm. It was a long time. And 
in the tattoo con- constituency, Wangari won with an overwhelming 98% of the vote. Wow. Wow. They fucking love her. Wow. In January 2003, she was appointed assistant minister in the Ministry for Environment and Natural Resources. And she founded the Mazingira Green Party of Kenya. And so that's, like, essentially, like, our Green Party. Mm-hmm. It's all about conservation. And that's, like, the platform that they run on. Yeah. All right. Wangari Matai was internationally acknowledged for her struggle for democracy, human rights, and environmental con- conservation, and was awarded the 2004 Nobel Peace Prize for her contribution to sustainable development, democracy, and peace. She became the first African woman and the first environmentalist to win the prize. Hmm. In a comment from the Norwegian Nobel Committee, quote, Matai stood up courageously against the former oppressive regime in Kenya. Her unique forms of action have contributed to drawing attention to political oppression nationally and internationally. She has served as inspiration for many in the fight for democratic rights and has especially encouraged women to better their situation. All right. From 2005 to her death in 2011, Wangari was awarded numerous honors and held many important positions. She was appointed a goodwill ambassador to the Congo Basin Forest Ecosystem, and she founded the Nobel Women's Initiative. She was invited to co-chair the Congo Basin Fund, which was an initiative to help protect the Congo forests. Mm -hmm. The UN Secretary General named her a messenger of peace. And she was also a trustee on the Karura Forest Environmental Education Trust. She founded the Wangari Matai Institute for Peace and Environmental Studies. She won the NAACP Chairman's Award, the World Citizenship Award, and the Nelson Mandela Award for Health and Human Rights, among many others. Wow. Yeah. This was my favorite. Accolades. Accolades. She's incredible. She was also inducted into the Earth Hall of Fame. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently what? in in Tokyo, there's an Earth Hall of Fame and she's in it. What a... I'm going to do research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting tidbit. All right. Wangari Matai died on September 25th, 2011, at the age of 71, after a battle with ovarian cancer. Memorial ceremonies were held in Kenya, New York, San Francisco, and London. In 2012, the Collaborative Partnership on Forests launched the inaugural Wangari Matai Forest Champion Award. That same year, Wangari Gardens which is a 2.7-acre community garden project, opened in Washington, D.C. It consists of 55 little garden allotments, a youth garden, outdoor classroom, a pollinator hive, and public fruit tree orchard. And it also has vegetable, herb, and berry gardens and a strawberry patch. 
In September 2013, the Wangari Matai Trees and Garden was dedicated on the lawn of the University of Pittsburgh's Cathedral of Learning, which is stunning. I've, I've actually seen it. Didn't know what it was, but I've seen it. <laughs> and the following year, at what would have been her 50-year reunion, her Mount St. Scholastica classmates and Benedictine College unveiled a statue of her at the campus in Atchison, Kansas. Oh, yeah. And it was just, she's just, she's, I've, being in international studies, mm-hmm. I've heard of the Green Belt Movement. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that it was founded by a woman, mm-hmm. a very fucking powerful and amazing woman at yeah, that. absolutely. Her fucking resilience and... Just determination. Mm-hmm. Courage. And courage to not be brought down by the man, even though she just was, she's getting arrested mm-hmm. and arrested. And for no reason, for stupid shit, because the government didn't like her. Because mm-hmm. she was calling them out on their bull. Yeah. You know? And so, like, she never stopped. She just continued all the way up until she died. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She's she's really incredible. That was a great story. Thank you. It was really long. That's okay. And there were some things that I was like, like heard the whole thing about her divorce. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not pertinent information, but it just added to like <laughs> all like the misogyny and sexism and just bullshit she was dealing with mm-hmm. was coming from literally all angles, including yeah. but not limited to. The man that she was married to for a while. Yeah. She got out of there quick, though. That yeah. That was good. Yep. Incredible. All right. Who are you doing this week? Please tell me. So this week, I'm going to talk to you about Mary Kenner. Mary Kenner. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last woman I talked about, her name was Mary. Mary Fields. And now, we're moving on to the next Mary. Mary Kenner. Okay. We should take a poll of how many names are repeated. Because I feel like Mary, we've done quite a few, including... Biblical Mary. (laughs) (laughs) We, well, at a glance, I can't, there's been a couple of Marias, Mm -hmm. but no Mary. I feel like there was another Mary. Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary. That's right. There you go. Okay. You did two Marys, now it's my turn. Right back. Back to back. (laughs) Back to back. (laughs) Talk to you about Mary Kenner. So my sources today are peoplepill.com. An article called The Forgotten Black Woman Inventor Who Revolutionized Menstrual Pads by Zing Ching. Oh. And an article called, either I made a mistake or they're titled the same thing. The Forgotten Black Woman Inventor <laughs> Who Revolutionized Menstrual Pads by Aisha Powell. Huh. All right. Either way. I, probably been, great articles. <laughs> might have been a mistake. <laughs> and I apologize to both Zing Ching and Aisha Powell. <laughs> Sorry. Whoops. Okay. So Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner was born May 17th, 1912 in Monroe, North Carolina. Hmm. Her household was one of inventors. Her maternal grandfather invented a tricolored light signal to guide trains. Oh. And her father, who was also a preacher, uh, invented a clothes presser 
that would fit in a suitcase and press your trousers while traveling en route to a destination. Well, that's snazzy. Right. (laughs) Although both men had designed functioning inventions, Uh they were never able to get the proper compensation for for the inventions, Mm -hmm. being black men, uh, and the family remained relatively poor. Mary, who would later become an inventor, credits this upbringing with her interest in it. Her interest in inventing things began at a young age. Um, There's a story. When she was six, she realized that when her mother would leave for work, Mm -hmm. the back door would squeak and it would wake her up. Okay. And she was like, this squeak has... (laughs) (laughs) We have got to fix it. And she then said to her mom, Mom, don't you think someone could invent a self-oiling door hinge? Then, six-year-old Mary set about the task with the determination of an inventor. Uh-huh. Quote, I hurt my hands trying to make something that, in my mind, would be good for the door. And then she ended up not being able to do it. Uh-huh. But she was tinkering around, and she just, she gave up on it, but never forgot it. That's fascinating. She continued coming up with ideas for new things in her childhood, and these ideas would, like, wake her up in her sleep. <laughs> And she would just start writing them down. <laughs> she spent a lot of her free time drying up models and building them and made plans for several things in her childhood, including a convertible roof that would go over the folding rumble seat of a car mm-hmm. where the back passengers were usually exposed to the elements. Okay. This, this yep. was supposed to fix it. She designed an umbrella with a sponge tip on the end that would soak up rainwater and prevent it from dripping when you closed it. Oh my god, how brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Look, this is, I think this is a great idea. Why don't we have these? (laughs) And then she also came up with a portable ashtray that would attach itself to a cigarette packet. (laughs) So you would always have it around. Oh my gosh. She was, this was all before she graduated high school. That's amazing. What, I think, I think it's really fun because even if she didn't go on to become an inventor, mm-hmm. this idea that this little kid is like, wow, what a great <laughs> idea. I like to imagine her at like maybe seven going uh-huh. up to her mom being like, you know, cigarettes, <laughs> like pitching. Aren't you so sick of needing an ashtray? <laughs> like an, a small child who has no business. <laughs> thinking about this exactly oh it's so fun okay the umbrella sponge tip thing really that is i'm sold (laughs) gotta go on shark tank Mm -hmm. because i don't nothing came i was gonna say no but it's a great idea yeah so mary was very thoughtful in her inventions and wanted to make solutions that were geared for everyday problems mary once said that her inventions were never about money that she just wanted to make people's life easier Mm -hmm. she was committed to creating solutions to issues that many had and it became her greatest passion to do so and she was good at it and she knew that she had a skill that not many people had possessed Mm -hmm. in 1924 mary and her family moved to washington dc and this was the start of a new pastime for mary now 12 Mary okay. would hang out at the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Oh, my gosh. And would go up and down the halls of the building trying to work out if someone had beaten her to a patent. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, this umbrella sponge tip idea. What if somebody already did it? Yeah. But nobody had. Oh, my gosh. With all of her inventions that she had thought of. 
1931, she graduated high school and then enrolled at Howard University, which is a historically black university that allows that allowed black students to further their education Mm -hmm. when many schools weren't open to allowing that to Mm -hmm. happen at the time. Um, She used Howard as a stepping stool to cultivate her creative mindset. However, she was later unable to afford tuition and ended up dropping out. Mm. But this didn't stop her from that creative juice that was just flowing in her brain. And she continued to draw up ideas and models for inventions and started to save up money so that she could actually patent things. And she struggled to save up, rightfully so, because filing a patent is mad expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing I read was $700 to patent a basic utility. And then I think there are levels to it. But I don't know. Yeah. So to get money, Mary took on odd jobs such as babysitting and then landed a position as a federal employee because she was still in D.C. Oh, nice. In 1957, Mary had finally saved up enough money to get one of her inventions patented. It was a belt for sanitary napkins. So at this time, women used rags, sheep's wool, and even grass to absorb menstrual blood. Mm -hmm. And this elastic belt was designed to hold a sanitary pad in place that was accompanied by a moisture-proof napkin pocket. Mm-hmm. It was adjustable, making it less likely that menstrual blood would leak in stained clothes. Amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> this invention, the sanitary belt, is credited as the precursor to the adhesive pads that are used today. Mm-hmm. Her invention would have revolutionized how people with periods dealt with it during yeah. her time, like Roaring Twenties. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But racism had other plans (laughs) of course it did mary tells quote one day i was contacted by a company that expressed an interest in marketing my idea i was so jubilant i saw houses cars and everything about to come my way and then that's the end of her quote the company rep drove to kenner's house in washington dc to meet her and then discovered that she was a black woman Mm -hmm. and was like we're not interested anymore the fuck and the representative went back to new york where he had come from and informed the company that like she's a black woman so we can't be yeah doing that but she holds the patent so they couldn't take that idea okay well thank which is which is why it wasn't marketed yeah yeah they're like you can have all the patents you want but (laughs) yeah so the issue was licensing and marketing that Uh she needed somebody to get behind her patent but it wasn't happening Mm mm-hmm Um, However disappointed Mary was, this did not stop her from continuing to create, and she eventually teamed up with her sister, who was also an inventor. Hmm. Her sister, Mildred, developed multiple sclerosis and had to get around with a walking frame. Mm -hmm. And so Kenner patented a serving tray and a soft pocket that could be attached to the frame, which allowed Mildred to carry things with her. Oh. She also patented a toilet tissue holder that would make sure that the loose end of the roll was mm-hmm. always within reach. So it's amazing. Yeah. Bless uh, her. <laughs> and then she also created a backwasher that would attach to the shower of a wall <laughs> and help people clean hard to reach places. Oh my gosh. And apparently it was like huge in the like eighties uh-huh. for people to have this. Oh my gosh. All I can picture I would just like to point out is Baloo in bare necessities. He's like up against the tree. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. 
She had five inventions in total that were successfully patented, which makes her the record holder for most patents held by a black woman in the United States. Hot damn. That's amazing. Yeah. So back to that sanitary belt. Uh Uh-huh. 30 years after she had patented (gasps) it, the invention was finally licensed and sold to the public. 30 years. Yeah. That's 30 years of people who have periods dealing with that. And it's like, we could have spent three decades not having to fucking change out rags. Yeah. And grass. (laughs) I am... Can't believe that. I, I, it's un, it's not unbelievable. It's totally believable. Right. But it's so upsetting that it's like, this was fucking revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And it revolutionized for after the, the 30 years when it was implemented. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, it, we could have, we could have had, <laughs> we could be so much further along, mm-hmm. I guess. Side note, we, Danny and I are watching Sex Explained Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And we just recently watched a fertility, the fertility episode, Mm -hmm. which talks about birth control Mm -hmm. and how over the course of 60 years, 50 years, it has changed very little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is a huge problem. So it just blows my mind that it took 30 years for someone to look past the fact that she was a black woman mm-hmm. to pick this up and run with it. And now it's a billion dollar industry because they tax us out the ass for t- for tampons. <laughs> That's neither hither nor thither. But I can't believe it took 30 years for someone to be like, well, we can, we can work with this because it's fucking amazing. Right. And think ugh. about how, ugh. <laughs> like, nowadays, people with periods, we have ways to deal with it. Yeah. And we can continue on with our everyday lives. Yep. That didn't used no. to be the case. No, you were bedridden for seven days. Yeah. And it still is the case in some countries, too. Absolutely. Sure. But, like, this sanitary belt would have allowed people to go out and live their everyday lives yeah. a little more accessibly than what rags and whatever we were using wool before just <laughs> some cotton stick balls. a tuft up there right like <laughs> what the actual fuck mm-hmm. all right <sighs> yeah please continue so after her patents started doing well she was able to open her own business and was a florist in the dc what? area yeah Oh, yeah, she how poetic. Was, she was still like tinkering and doing things on uh-huh. the side, but she was now like just being a florist and doing her Aww. thing. Yeah, I think that's really cute. <laughs> I think florists are cute. Yeah, because <laughs> they just like being around flowers, and that's cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna be a florist. I think that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Gardeners and florists make things beautiful. Yeah, and they do. Like it. The environment and everything. They're great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zeth's mom. Sorry. Zeth's mom is a florist. Uh-huh. And she one time was like, it's definitely a labor of love because you don't make money from it. <laughs> but then that just adds to the like cuteness it really, of it. It does. Because it's like, 
You're putting a lot of like love and energy and time mm-hmm. into nurturing. And then you're like, and here it is. I have grown this for you. It's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Kenner did not receive any college degree or professional training, and she never became abundantly wealthy from her inventions. But that was incidental. Like her father and grandfather before her, she did it all out of love for the craft. Because, I mean, half the inventions she had were for her sister, mm-hmm. who had multiple sclerosis. Absolutely. And she is very inspiring and has openly she died in 2006 and there wasn't much about her later life Mm -hmm. because she died as a florist yeah um just living her living her best life yeah making flowers but she believed that anybody could become an inventor as long as they put their mind to it quote every person is born with a creative mind everyone has that ability Mm -hmm. that's mary ah short and sweet Short and sweet. That was lovely. <laughs> I had, first of all, no idea that she invented the the belt. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm just so right. like shaken by it. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's like frustrating what racism played in completely holding back a community of people who have periods. Absolutely from being able to go out and do yeah it's like things it's it's so interesting how intersectionality Mm -hmm. again is so important because like you said because of racism Mm -hmm. it held women back an extra 30 fucking years right and that happens all the time Mm -hmm. it's not about one person affecting one person Mm -hmm. it's this one bullshit thing mm-hmm. and how it affects the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It's systemic. It's systemic. Ay, ay, ay. Ugh, she's, she's lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. What a great story. It's been a good month, everyone. Yeah. It has. We have talked about some really, really incredible women this month. Mm-hmm. And I think we did a pretty good job of like, Talking, you know, like last last week I mentioned, like I was kind of I was gonna do Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. and there were a couple other people that I was like, I want to, but this was such a good way to really stretch our feelers and go past the five names that everybody yeah. talks about during Black History Month. Yeah, but to really stretch our wings and like, I don't know, realize that there are m- many other there's a, there's so many black women yeah. who are in in every facet because we uh, yeah. talked about so many different professions and yeah places and class and yep. it's wow <laughs> wow all these uh, women are so amazing that yeah, was a wow are. at all the women not at us specifically <laughs> yeah, so i wasn't not, like really patting our back exactly <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're not wowing ourselves at how amazing we are yeah blech can't be those people it's, it's phenomenal how many stories aren't told Yes. About such profound, amazing women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. If you enjoyed this episode and and all of our other episodes, you should pop over and rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Go ahead and give us those five stars. We love those. We want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Where Where can everybody find us on our medias? 
on our medias, if you go to Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at that Broad Scott Moxie. And if you go on Twitter, you can find us at Broad Scott Moxie. That's right. And if you have any suggestions or comments or just want to drop in and say hi, uh, you can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. Correct. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.